Welcome to the Evolved Athlete Podcast, where the best in the business bring you the best in fitness, nutrition, wellness, and overall, making you the best athlete of all time. We're host Coach P and his fellow coaches, Kayla, Destiny, Jen, and Ian, take you on a path to greatness. Let's get on with our guest and let's have a great time. Let's roll. Thing is, and I see this with a lot of people, but like, you know, and I know this deep down with myself, but, um, uh, I think that like, you know, there's a couple different types of people, right? There's the type of people that just like, um, you know, can barely be consistent, you know, need to get consistency around working out, get consistency around nutrition, things like that. And then you have a group of people, which I would think I fall into are people who are super consistent with workouts, super consistent with nutrition and just like, you know, call it metabolic damage or, um, you know, history of, you know, a lot of weight loss. I mean, I see it in a lot of my clients that lose a bunch of weight, um, and then hit plateaus and stuff is that you, you have to take a break. You have to reverse, you have to bring it up. And it's interesting, like as you start to increase calories, like magically your whole TDE goes up and yeah. it doesn't, you know, it kind of defies science. It feels like, but, um, <laughs> there is a thing is under eating, but I think it's, it's in, in a specific population. So, you know, I'm training less, I'm eating more. And, you know, losing, you know, definitely losing body fat and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And I mean, you know, maybe I was like, or I definitely was a lot looser on the weekends. Um, I definitely tightened those up. Um, you know, having accountability helps and stuff like that, but I think it also just helps to like have pictures and measurements and all that stuff. So, you know, you know, like, cause I'm very predisposed to inflammation (coughs) where, um, you know, I could swing five, 10 pounds in the inflammation, you know, like I have, I eat out and I have gluten, you know, like a lot of sodium, a lot of gluten and like five, 10 pounds. Me too. I'm the exact same way. (laughs) So, you know, I've been a lot more cognizant about that. And I'm like, well, you know, I can't, like, I can still go out to eat and make a good choice with food and maybe eat more calories and maybe have some, you know, like lower cal drinks and stuff, but, um, but, but like, I can still feel pretty good the next day. Right. I, I, um, so it's funny that you said so. that cause I'm in the exact same way. Every time I travel, go home, I drink, mm-hmm. I eat a shit ton of pasta and I keep having things out of my parents' pantry that I should not have. And then yeah, I look exactly. at the scale and it goes up 10 pounds and I'm like, why do yeah. I weigh 224? I know. <laughs> and then literally the next day after going back on my own routine, 212 and i'm yeah. like okay you just start peeing like nuts like you just like <laughs> i'm up like four times at night you pee and then all of a sudden it's like yeah well so i absolutely cool love process. this raw introduction john we're gonna get right into it from here because <laughs> i i absolutely because I, I like to catch my 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 audience and my and my my co-hosts here when they least expect it when they're being absolutely raw exactly. um and it, it's it's funny that you started talking about these things because this is exactly what we're going to talk about and so for for everyone listening welcome to the evolved athlete podcast i have my good friend and colleague john dobbs is back here in the house you this is your fourth time uh that you've been with us like you should that, just yeah. you 
should just join the coach's corner and just be an official <laughs> coach. I mean, you're you're in the goddamn evolve chat enough for God's sakes. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like every, every time you know we have our audience, you know, ask us questions, which is wonderful. I see John just is in there slinging science stuff, and I'm just like, oh, poor guy. Like, <laughs> just like because now they ask for you, so it's like, oh God, they're like pulling at like I don't know. It's like the uh, in Toy Story when the little aliens they've been he's been chosen by the claw. Like they they have to know. It's like stop it. You fitness zealots um but <laughs> but overall you know, today we're we're all going to start talking about stress physiology you know what it deals with the body especially in areas like what john was just talking about when it comes to inflammation when it comes to what roadblocks are in our way when it comes to achieving our goals with health and fitness and you know i i've been doing a lot of content creation around this topic lately john if you haven't seen you know i am mm-hmm. getting really big on sleep and its impact on physiology mm-hmm. and stress and then looking at things like co2 tolerance and hrv and i'm starting to get a really profound interest in this specific area and how we can use this biofeedback for our overall benefit um and then something that you know came out you know today um dr andy galpin was talking about this, um, and I've actually had the pleasure of meeting him. That's awesome. Um, and yeah. and one of the things that he had to say about you know some of the biggest reasons why people have such a hard time, you know, changing their lifestyle when it comes to sleep, when it comes to you know working out or responding to a weight loss program. He's like the biggest mistake that people make is when what ha- what do you see when you look at a sleep article that says do this to improve your sleep? It says things like take your phone out of your room make things dark, you know, make things cool. It's like, yeah, okay. Those are all the rules for good sleep hygiene, (laughs) but what have been your behaviors for the past six months to potentially six years? His major point was you're not going to change something overnight. Your behaviors have been ingrained for however long you've been doing them and your physiology adapts to that. It's just not going to switch overnight. So this is, this is especially apparent in my individual's my poor, my poor guys and gals who work night shift. And it's like, well, you got to understand your physiology has adapted to that. Now it's going to take a long time of you being consistent to shift it back the other way. John, what has been your experience with that, with the athletes and the clients that you work with in your nutrition practice? So I definitely have a couple of shift workers. uh, And what's like fascinating is a lot of them are in I guess, like, I guess you would call it desk jobs. And, you know, like one of my clients in particular, he works for the city and it just so, you know, they're short staffed. So like he pulls like 16 hour shifts, like four or five, six days a week. And sometimes that's overnight. Sometimes that's in the morning, things like that. The guy's also super consistent at the gym. Like he, he does two like hot, intense yogas a week. He does four, like, you know, weight training, like strength training, mix in some hit type stuff, you know, and then he'll throw in a spin. So you're talking about like seven or eight days, you know, seven or eight classes a week, you know, some two a days, like he'll sometimes take at his lunch break, he'll do a virtual trainer, like all this stuff. And he had some great weight loss, probably 30 or 40, 40 pounds. But like, you know, we see when he takes a week off and he goes travels and yeah, maybe he's having more alcohol, but still keeping his you know, workout routine, you know, steps in, things like that. Um, You know, but he's less stressed and he's sleeping more. He loses weight, you know? (laughs) And it's like, it's, it's baffled, you know, it's baffling. So, um, you know, with him, it's like week after week, I'm like, all right, we got to really plan around 
you know, being consistent with everything, but also like making sure that, you know, maybe you're training three days a week uh, instead of, you know, six, six and a half, right? Seven and a half, right? So I'm trying to get them around two, two rest days. And that seems to be helping a lot. Um, like he's just burning it too much, right? Like right. he's getting four hours of sleep a night, things like that. But he can't like, he can't say no. He's like in a supervisor role. Um, and so like, you know, we gotta, we gotta work with what, what we've got. Right. He's like three years away from retirement. So like, I'm like, <laughs> let's maintain until retirement. You know, he has great progress and stuff, but we got to just like, you know, re-baseline expectations because the rate at which weight loss was happening is not happening because his schedule's gotten busier and you know, all, all of these things. So he's a really good example of it. Um, and you know, that it, it just, he's just working against himself with all of these things. So we got to actually right. like bring down, bring everything down with yeah. him. Um, it's working, right? Weight loss is a little bit slower. Um, but you know, you also find with like the all nighter, you know, he's got to have another meal or he's got to have snacks or something like that. So we're getting the calories up with that. Um, just to keep them going. So, I mean, you know, we've tried to implement some of these things, but he'll get a call, you know, at 9 p.m. We need you in at 11 o'clock. Right. What are you going to do with that? Right. And I, I find that that's so many individuals will have those types of lifestyles where they're just like, well, I'm doing yeah. absolutely everything I can, but then here are eight different wrenches that always get thrown in that approach. And it's just like, well, until your lifestyle changes permanently, there's not going to be a yeah. good solution here. I mean, now, if you if you follow everything Dr. Peter Atiyah says, as long as you're doing exercise, you're going to have some sort of resilience. But <laughs> at the same time, you're, you're never going to be perfect. And so I, you know, I've i actually, since he came out with Outlive and listened to a lot of the podcasts that he was on, like he was on with Chris Williamson and Tom Bilyeu, and he was on with Huberman. Yeah, everybody. He, yeah. he says the same thing every time. And But yeah. I, I love what he says, but... But, you know, I was I was unfamiliar with the fact that there's actually an asymmetric curve when it comes to the impact when you compare nutrition and fitness to your overall mm -hmm. contribution to all-cause mortality. Now, because I'm an exercise science individual, I knew that innately to be true. I didn't yeah. I didn't always come from that camp. Now, I am a big, you know, you got to eat right for sure. I mean, that's what you right. specialize in. Um, but it just makes sense on the effects of exercise in... <laughs> the hormetic effect that it has on the body to help prepare you to be more resilient towards that stress. So what I want to ask you is for our audience here, if we look at this underneath the hood, talking about stress, talking about its effect on the human body, what are some of the most common roadblocks that you see on a mechanistic level in health, such as how does stress affect our gut health? How does it affect hormones? How does it, how is it that it creates roadblocks for individuals when it comes to building muscle, losing weight, or simply having a balanced lifestyle? So, I mean, the first, first place I want to start off is kind of how we, you know, started off this episode informally is, is that a lot of times more is not better, right? Like we're, right. you know, the, the weight loss industry, the fitness industry, especially like has conditioned us to say, more is better. You need more steps. You need more, you know, hit, hit training. You need more intensity, right? Like, but what I found, you know, personally, and then with clients is when we start to take that down, um, more, more is better or less, less is better, right? Less is more. Um, because what, what's happening is, you know, I've probably done a hundred Dutch tests on different clients at this point. 
And what we see as one of the biggest drivers of weight loss resistance is elevated cortisol. So physiologically, what what does cortisol do? We need it, right? It's our cup of coffee in the morning. Like in theory, we shouldn't need coffee. It's delicious and all of that stuff. But in theory, we should be able to pop up out of bed, you know, take a second, like get going. And our cortisol is supposed to spike. And then around 10 or 11 a.m., it hits its peak. That's the perfect time to train. Like if you're going to train, you know, go like class, like 10 a.m. class, you know, 11 a.m. weight training, things like that. So, you know, I would encourage everybody to do that. But that's not real life, right? That's actually <laughs> that's, that's actually my work. favorite time to train. <laughs> yeah. Well, we might have a little more flexibility. I don't know if I do, but um, you know, we might no, be able to anymore. make our make our schedules so we can do that. But um, we're supposed to see this peak of cortisol in the morning, and then it's slowly supposed to come down throughout the day. Now, what what always happens, right? To to the the more is better people is. You pop out of bed, you're taking care of the kids or you're, you know, hopping on your email or, you know, if you're a coach, you've got client, you know, the inbox of a million questions overnight when you shut down your phone, you know, <laughs> at 8 p.m. religiously, um, you know, and cortisol starts surging right away. Then you add coffee onto that and it like peaks it, like it sends it out of where we want it to, to be. And then, you know, you go, you hit the gym, maybe you hit it at 11 o'clock right? And it's high, or you hit it at like 3pm, you take your pre workout, or you have your espresso ahead of time, cortisol stays elevated, then you come home, you, you know, coaches are going to have sales calls that time, everybody else is going to have kids running around, like, finishing up work, you know, all of those things. Um, And then finally, like at at 8pm, you know, you can settle down, and maybe you're back on email or on your phone or whatever. And that's, you know, that's causing, you know, some, some, your heart to race a little bit and, um, you know, feel a little bit tense and things like that. And so our cortisol basically from first thing in the morning till when we go to bed is elevated. So, all right, cool. But if we do that day after day after day, that's going to start causing physiological issues because what happens cortisol, it, 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 Essentially, it signals our body to go into different physiological responses. So first and foremost, you know, our blood pressure increases, our heart rate increases. So hearts pumping more blood, hearts working harder. We don't like, we like our heart to work hard for exercise and then nice and easy for the rest of the day. But our heart starts working harder. Our blood pressure increases. Our pupils, they constrict, right? Like, you know, your vision increases. Um, You start sweating. You know, your respiration increases. And our body is getting ready to fight, right? Fight or flight. Either fight something or run away from it. And so it's it's great if we're back in paleoethic times where we have to (laughs) run away from something or we have to fight something. Nowadays, you're probably not fighting your boss when they dump a bunch of work on your plate, or you're probably not fighting your <laughs> client that, you know, is, is, is like, why am I not losing weight? Um, so, but, but we're still facing these physiological changes. And the last thing that happens is our body dumps blood sugar into the bloodstream. I don't know if I mentioned that, but um, yep. blood sugar in the bloodstream is going to elevate our blood glucose level. That's going to cause, you know, us to have quick energy. And so if all of these happen, all these things happen day after day after day, after day you know, our, our blood vessels are going to start to harden. And so that's what causes, you know, they're, they're, they're supposed to be nice and elastic, right? When you're at relaxed, they're nice and, you know, smooth and elastic and like, um, you know, malleable. And then like when you put, you know, 
more pressure against them. They harden to be able to handle that pressure. So that's what causes coronary artery disease. That's what causes uh, hypertension, you know, and, and all of these things. So that time after time after time can cause, you know, elevated blood sugar, insulin resistance, elevated blood pressure, um, you know, hypertension. And so insulin resistance and hypertension in and of themselves, you know, are acute responses or their physiological adaptations to be able to handle the stress. But what we find is a stressed body can't live as long, right? Like we can't exactly pull out of all, all of our arteries and put in new hoses like you can with a car. Right. So, um, when when these things start happening year after year after year, we start to get impact on other systems. So like when our blood pressure is high, you know, other systems like our kidneys have to compensate for that. And so then we start seeing, you know, kidney disease. If our blood sugar is high, you know, our kidneys have to compensate for that. If we have too much, you know, sodium, things like that, our kidneys have to compensate for that. And they kind of filter our blood and, and, you know, we're working the, all of a sudden we're working the heart harder. We're working the vessels, blood vessels harder. We're working the kidneys harder. You know, we're working everything harder. And so these things start to fail, right? Just like a car. If you're racing your, you know, I got a Subaru, right? If I'm racing my Subaru all the time, (laughs) things are going to start to break after 150,000 miles. Um, so, you know, once these things start breaking on a car, you can take out the hose and put in a new hose. You can take out the engine, put in a new engine, right? If you, you know, compare that to the human body, yeah, you can take out the heart, put a new heart in, you know, maybe you can do some like, um, you know, bypass, right, of, of certain systems and stuff like that. Medicine is amazing at these things, but it only lasts so long. So that's where like, you know, your daily stress can turn into weekly stress, monthly stress, yearly stress can turn into chronic conditions. I love, I love that illustration of it because I think so many people have a hard time grasping why is stress so bad? You know, why is it that it causes so many issues related to our health outside of just me being a bonkers all the time? And you illustrated it quite well. It literally will cause you to die sooner. Um, and so, and with, with, you know, the event that I experienced last week with my mother, mm. oh, God damn, yeah, sorry taking me through that. That, that crazy thing. Ah, she's fine. <laughs> I, That's I appreciate she, it. She's doing better. Um, she's- She's doing better, but it was, it was stress induced. And, you know, I've been telling her forever, you know, a, she stays up until 2am every night. Her, her claim is that she's a night owl and that she just can't fall asleep. I'm like, well, you can't fall asleep because you shifted your body clock that direction. You got stuck there and you stayed there because that was the only time where you get time for yourself because the old man drives you crazy. And that's the only time (laughs) that you can have any time to watch TV and not be bugged by my father. That's another story, but (laughs) But it's a real thing. And I guarantee you there are thousands of other people that have a similar story. And so and when you have poor related sleep like that, um, especially that late into the nighttime, which we now know between the hours of 11 and 4 a.m., that that also has a punishment effect to where not only are you not going to get any restorative sleep, but it's also going to negatively affect Mm -hmm. your dopaminergic systems and your motivation. And it's going to make symptoms of stress even worse. And so it creates this perfect storm of you not only only not wanting to do anything 
prosperous the next day, but it's also going to negatively impact all the health systems across the entire spectrum of the human body. And so it just creates things, even worse matters. And so this is where we then get into, well, what do we do? So, but we can leave that here towards mm-hmm. the end. So now that we've illustrated this aspect, how is it that this stress affects some of the most common things that people are trying to, oh my gosh, it must be my gut health or it must yeah. be inflammation. Maybe it's something I eat. How is, how is this daily stress and this elevated cortisol affecting other, every other health aspect of the body? So, I mean, first of all, elevated cortisol is going to cause water retention. <clears throat> the body is going to hold on to inflammation um, it's going to, you know, impair recovery, um, things like that. So like we were just kind of talking, right? Like it doesn't have to be, you know, you, you, you go out to eat and, you know, you have, have a couple of beers and all of a sudden you're up five, 10 pounds on the scale. Um, what it could be is you get super stressed and for, for a day or for a week and it's going to hold your body's going to hold on to water. Uh, and, and, and so you're going to see a pop on the scale. I see it all time, all the time with my clients um, who are who are kind of chronically stressed, and so it, you know you'll you're probably possibly still losing body fat, possibly probably, but you're never going to see that reflected on the scale, you know, until you get some of the cortisol levels down. Um, you know, the other aspect is is uh, blood sugar in, in the bloodstream, right? Like can cause insulin resistance. Really hard for our body to um, oxidize fat when our insulin and our blood sugars elevated. High blood sugar causes high insulin. Um, you know, impairs some of the ability of like glucagon, which is you know the fat liberation hormone, because insulin and glucagon kind of oppose each other. Um, and so, uh, you know, it can it can make it harder, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I always say this in our in our coaches chat. At the end of the day, you know, net calorie deficit, you know, net energy deficit, we have to be in to to lose body fat. Uh, But that being said, you know, a net energy deficit for somebody may be a thousand calories a day. Right. Maybe 4,000 calories for somebody else. Right. Um, and, And so, you know, we have to keep all of that in mind. But like, you know, you might be able to eat more and lose weight if you're managing your stress is kind of like the short of it. So, you know, that's where we see it, you know, occur. The other thing is uh, chronically elevated cortisol, you know, high blood pressure, things like that are going to inhibit your, you know, VO2 max. So the ability of, uh, to do, you know, cardiovascular exercise uh, and just walk up and down stairs, you know, without being winded uh, because your heart has to work harder um, to to pump, pump the same amount of blood. So, um, you know, from a, from a, uh, from a muscle building perspective, um, you know, like elevated cortisol is going to work against you in the, probably through the mechanisms. And again, I don't know this for sure, but probably through the mechanisms of impaired recovery. So, um, if your body's not able to repair itself, you can't build new muscle. Uh, I, I talk about, I talk about it a lot like this. Like if you're always under stress, you know, your body's going to start going and shutting off switches. It's going to shut off your digestion switch. It's going to shut off your muscle building switch. It's going to shut off your cognitive switch. So if you're under chronic stress, feel some brain fog, right? Like probably because blood isn't pumping, you know, well to your brain, you don't have that good oxygenated blood getting there. Um, so it's going to affect a, a lot of these things, you know, muscle building from a recovery standpoint, 
fat loss from a probably insulin resistance and, uh, you know, that, that kind of, um, pathway. Um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 it kills our goals, uh, from the gut standpoint. I know you mentioned that a couple of times. Stress is, stress is a killer, right? Stress cortisol is going to cause, um, you know, it's, it's, it's associated with increased intestinal permeability or leaky gut. Leaky gut is we have these nice tight junctions in our, um, in our stomach. <clears throat> and as these tight junctions, these cells start to move apart by, you know, uh, affected by chronic stress, among other things, food sensitivities, which is a stress on the body and things like that. We start getting food leaking into our bloodstream. We mount an immune response. We have inflammation. We have terrible digestion. Um, terrible di- digestion, we know, is associated with a lot of things like can't absorb nutrients, can't absorb your B vitamins. B vitamins are important in metabolism. See where right. I'm going with this, right? Like, <clears throat> um, so, you know, when, when we're constantly liberating glucose, you know, ox- you know, that, that reduces, you know, oxidation of fat and, and all of these things. I mean, we're just working, we're killing ourselves. We're working against ourselves in, in just pursuing, you know, fat loss. It's it's amazing how much it really does affect that people are overlooking. When I when I when I analyze my roster and I isolate what is the number one thing that I have to talk about in every single one of my check-ins every single week that I have to give some sort of lecture about, it's stress. And and the thing about stress is people think that the way to get rid of it is to go on a vacation or sit down and, you know, do some sort of relaxing activity, but what they don't understand is that they need constant balance like what we were just talking about in mm-hmm. what Dr. Andy Galpin's points were if you're if you've been in a stressed out state since birth mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like you've got these ingrained patterns it's going to take time of you being habitual in fighting against that stress so i guess the best thing to do now is now that we've isolated okay here's how stress affects nearly every aspect of our health what can we do about it especially now knowing what dr andy galpin talks about when it comes to behaviors impacting our physiology i think what we really need to stress is everything that we're about to say as far as the tools they need to be applied permanently this is not going to be one of those things where you take a pill and it's fixed it's not like taking an antibiotic yeah. that gets rid of a virus we're going to have to do our absolute best no you can't get rid of a virus i'm sorry that's wrong <laughs> antibiotic getting rid of a bac- whatever bacteria. bacterial infection uh, there you go all right i know my shit john all right but <laughs> maybe not all of it um <laughs> I'm, I'm only zinc helps but, so you can take some zinc <laughs> well, there you go um uh but we need to do these things habitually. That's why whenever I'm coaching or teaching my students, I tell my students, you, you have to teach permanent lifestyle change. Health is a lifelong thing. Um, so let's start with the, some of the best habits. And let's start with your per, your personal profession. Let's start with nutrition. How can we utilize nutrition to reduce stress on the human body? So being in a good nutrient state is really important, right? So like stress... Um, depletes a lot of your vitamins. So it's going to run through uh, your antioxidants. Um, you know, oxidative stress uh, is, is very big in inflammation. It's very big in chronic disease, things like that. So it's going to deplete your antioxidants. Uh, it's going to deplete some of your sodium, right? Like if you're sweating more, you know, it's going to take some of your electrolytes out of your body. It's going to deplete magnesium. Um, you know, it's going to deplete vitamin D. So, you know, if you see, if you ever get blood work done and you see low, uh, vitamin D, 
you know, electrolytes are a little bit weird because like our body likes to keep those tightly regulated. So like if you see low electrolytes, something's really bad. Um, but you know, just, just by supplementing with some of these things, you know, it can, it can help. There is a lot of functional testing we can do to see B vitamins, to see antioxidant status, you know, hair tests will show you magnesium, calcium, things like that. Um, but you know, good vitamin and nutrient status is, is super important. And, you know, a lot of people that don't have good vitamin nutrient status are either burning it at one end or they're not absorbing it from the food that they're eating. So we got to eat good, you know, eat good, right? Uh, eat good food. We got to eat good food. Uh, we also have to maybe therapeutically supplement with certain things. Magnesium is going to help, things like that. Um, you know, second, I think that like removing like stress around food can be helpful. Uh, what I like to work on with almost all my clients, right? Like we go with easy things. Like what are some easy things to have? Like if food is stressful, like always trying to find time to eat, things like that. You know, we, we need to take some of that stress away. Meal delivery services, right? Like, you know, there's a, a zillion of them. And well, I, th- I don't like them because they don't get enough protein in for me, at least for a lot of people <laughs> they do. Um but, you know, Trader Joe's, right? You get the already made stuff, right? It's going to have some sodium in it, but heck, that's better than, you know, hitting Uber Eats or whatever. I like that so you take brought some that, of that up. Stress away. I like that you brought that up because you can look at it from another perspective too. When people stress out before or after they've had a specific food item, actually, there's a mm-hmm. lot of evidence to show as well. Um, I know Huberman was talking about this. I forget the name of the woman that did the research, but literally she demonstrated that when you stress out about eating something versus when you don't, it creates a different physiological response in the body with how the yeah. nutrients are assimilated. Um, and so they, they did this experiment utilizing uh, two different health shakes. Uh, and so, but here's the kicker though, when they told them that they didn't tell them that it was, they were both McDonald's shakes. <laughs> and so they told them that one was a health shake and the other, and the other one was a McDonald's shake. And so you can probably guess what happened to the individuals who stressed out. Oh my God, it's, it's a hefty fatty shake, um, from McDonald's versus the individuals were, Oh, it's a health shake. Cool. No big deal. All right. Mm-hmm. They had significantly different physiological responses and the individuals that thought yeah. nothing of it it was fine. They didn't have adverse reactions versus the individuals that freaked out about eating that shake. They saw greater amounts of stress that led to the specific stress issues we just talked about. And so I think that's one of the hardest things that you and I, you know, encounter sometimes with our clients is when they come to us and they, they freak out about, Oh my gosh, I did this over the weekend or I did this on vacation or, Oh my God. And I'm just like, Hey, 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 hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> forgive yourself now. <laughs> it's better to just say, Hey, yeah. okay, cool. I did it. Let's move on. And that, that way it doesn't have as much as a significant physiological response when it's related to stress, which I find so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the placebo effect is real, like with a lot of these things. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, other, other things that, um, you know, we really want to focus on is when you're eating and I'm, I'm probably, you know, what, I'm pretty good at this. I would say, uh, being in a, in a restful state, right? Like I, I usually fit in, you know, my meals in between calls and things like that. But like for me, I can do 15 minutes. I can heat something up, sit down at the table. Um, you know, maybe I'm like leisurely on my phone, not like super hunched over my phone or my computer. And being in a physiological state of rest, right? Your digestion. A lot of times we have digestion issues because we're taking, we're still hitting our macros, but we're taking deli turkey, shoving it down our throat as we're running, <laughs> you know, from one thing to the other. 
And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do it too, but you know, if you just like take it, put it on a plate, sit down at the table, take a deep breath and then eat it. Right. That's going to help your digestion. That's going to help you be in a parasympathetic state, which is our rest and digest state. We really need that for digestion. So, um, you know, some of the, like, those are the basics, right? Like just make sure we're actually chewing and swallowing our food. Make sure we're getting enough nutrients through our food. Make sure we're taking some of the stress away, perceived stress away from our nutritional choices. Um, and then, you know, making sure like, hey, supplement the gaps. That's my big, my big thing. I like that a lot. Um, I'd like to touch on the sleep aspect of this as well, just because I, I do have my own set of sleep hygiene related tools to help people with stress. But I'm actually now leaning towards adding what I found from Dr. Andy Goppin's article that uh, that came out today in Men's Fitness or Muscle Fitness, one of the two. And I really liked mm-hmm. what he said. And I've highlighted this before, but I guess I haven't put as much emphasis on it. When it comes to getting the right sleep, you instead of focusing on little things here and there or getting light during the day and taking your phone out of the room and so on and so forth, darkness, light, like we all know that. But the most important part is the behaviors associated in that room to help change your physiology. If you want to get your physiology used to being sleepy when it's supposed to be sleepy, you have to ingrain those habits over and over and over and over again. And the same goes for when you are not in that environment. And I actually get this question a lot when people travel, John. So it's like, how can I make sure that my sleep is still great when I'm in a hotel room outside of my regular environment or I'm at my uncle's or aunt's house on vacation or I'm at the lodge? What do I do? And it's it's very straightforward and simple. It's like, why the hell didn't I think of this? He's like, make your environment wherever you are as similar as you possibly can to what it is when you're at home. And so doing your absolute best to mimic that same darkness, the same temperature, the same atmosphere, music, have it be if that's what you use, you know, setting yourself up to do the same type of habits. If you're used to doing breath work before going to bed and now you're in a foreign place, that's a great thing to do. That way you're still associating that same ingrained pattern. Pattern. And when you do that over and over and over again, you know, it's going to be significant in helping you progress that way. I think the main message we need to send people is you have to do this often. It's not going to happen like the flick of a switch. It's going to take time because you spent so much time not seeking yeah. those behaviors. And I think that we can apply that to almost everything we do, John. And I mean, that's one of the biggest benefits of like having, you know, people call it bedtime ritual or something like that. But you know, it could be as simple as taking magnesium, right? We know magnesium helps with sleep, but, you know, the ritualistic aspect of it can help too. And, you know, your body, you're priming your body for sleep. So like, you know, for me, right, it's usually um, like 8.30 p.m., you know, take magnesium and myo-inositol. Then probably, I, so typically I would say like my, my bedtime routine Good, bad, or indifferent is like, you know, after finishing dinner, get prepped for the next day, uh, finish up any work I have to, then have like a piece of dark chocolate um, every night, um, have magnesium with myo-inositol, have some sort of, you know, like I'll have like a, a water or a seltzer or like, a, you know, I put like little flavor droplets, stevia sweetens, you know, flavor droplets and have, have like a drink or whatever. Um, not, not alcoholic drink, but uh, water. Um, and then I sit on the couch, you know, finish up with my phone, kind of like put that down, 
go brush my teeth, get ready for bed, you know, and uh, go to bed, right? And so, you know, that five-step process has... My sleep used to be horrendous. Um, now it's better. I do have, you know, a seven-month-old, um, but it's getting better. And so that ritualistic process has like ingrained in my brain that it's like time to shut off. I love that. And so it helps. Um, I don't know if it's, I'm just exhausted, you know, perpetually or <laughs> if it's, the, you know, that process, but I do the same thing every single night. And if I'm on vacation or sleeping somewhere else, I sure as hell bring my magnesium and my dark chocolate and stuff like that. I love toothbrush. that, John. And I'm hoping uh, toothbrush. Yeah. Brush those teeth. <laughs> Gross, John. No, <laughs> but I think that is a great takeaway from our listeners today to offer them something new. It's like instead of just saying, "Hey, guys, here are what you know, Coach P and John are offering you as far as the tool sets of the latest and greatest in the science," just look at the rudimentary benefits of having that routine in place because it's your behaviors you do regularly that will dictate how your body responds. And, you know, it's, I'm kicking myself for not bringing that up sooner because I think that that needs to be talked about more in how it affects the human Mm -hmm. body. Um, And so that's, that's the same thing that we could come back and apply that to breath work and why you hear so many yoga instructors or breath work instructors saying it has compounded interest benefits. And most people are like, what the hell does that mean? And that means if you want to be in a restful state more often, you have to ingrain into your physiology to be able to be strong and being able to send that signal. That's the whole premise behind mind is a muscle. Treat it that way. All right. You have to make mm-hmm. it strong. So if you want to get the benefits of breath work, you can't do it one week and all of a sudden stop. You got to do it <laughs> forever. Scotty Smalls. All right. <laughs> Say I'm not reference. But And that's what's really going to help us be able to do that. That's why I'm trying to be so consistent. Being someone who is naturally stressed, you know, Italian, Hispanic, (laughs) for those of you who know me personally, you know my family, you know the crazy shit that goes on in my house. I had to live with that as a kid. So in order for me to be able to get my (laughs) nervous system to be more naturally calm, Mm -hmm. I have to do this more often. It's going to take time for my body to reassociate my physiology to being more calmed down. Um, And I think that's people, it's, it's the same principle, John you got to do this for the long run and you got to be willing to work hard for it. And I think that's often what people don't understand about a health and fitness lifestyle. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. John, what are some closing thoughts you have for our audience today related to stress, its impact on the body and how to ensure a brighter future for health? Um, so, I mean, supplementation wise, right? Like, you know, ashwagandha, you know, rhodiola, like there's a lot of adaptogens out there. Um, we're learning more and more about them. Um, I think that like latest research has said, like maybe do them for a period of time, stop, do it again type thing. Um, you know, obviously that's putting a bandaid over it, but Hey, if you have to use a bandaid, you know, stop the bleeding, stop the bleeding somehow. Um, you know, and then, then the other thing is you might have to make a lifestyle change, right? Like I, I was traveling, um, 50 and 49 weeks a year. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, yeah, when I was in corporate America as a consultant, Monday to Thursday, sometimes Friday, and then, and then I wanted to go away on the weekends or flex trip or whatever. Right. So traveling, you know, more than that. Um, so I let, you know, I left that all behind. And so like, I have a much more balanced life, um, now. And, and it was because I sacrificed a lot with, uh, leaving corporate America uh, but also gained a lot, gained health and, and more knowledge and, you know, 
more of an impact, I, I think. So you might have to make a big change. Uh, it might be uncomfortable at first, but you know, if you, it, I turned out fine, I think, um, we're doing all right. <laughs> uh, uh, so, you know, just, just like, as my last thought, like sometimes you know, like if you're realizing something is killing you, you might need to take drastic, um, you know, dra- drastic measures. I love that, John. John, thanks so much for, you know, continuing to offer us so much value at Evolve. I know our community loves you. I know Kayla and the rest of the coaches are so happy to have you and you continue uh, to bring us great value. So we really appreciate your time today. Always a pleasure. For all of those looking for all information on Evolve, please sure to stick for the outro. Be sure to drop us a review as well. Give us some five stars so we can continue to grow and get our message out there. This has been Coach P and John Dobbs. We hope that you got a lot of great value. Be sure to share this podcast with all your friends. I've been Coach P and we're out of here. See you next time. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That was a good one. Absolutely. Uh, If you liked today's episode, please be sure to drop a like, share it with all your friends, and give us a great review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to work with the best in the business, please be sure to head over to all of our social media webpages at Evolve Health and Performance. Us at Evolve are trying to make you the best athlete of all time and realize your full potential. Stay tuned for all future episodes where we bring you the best guests and features for everything health, fitness, and wellness. For everything Evolve, stay tuned. Coach P's out. Wow.